Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Father's Day. Waited all year for this. <laughs> On Wednesday of this week, this past week, we had the uh, seniors here. We had about 120 seniors come into this room from all over the region and how special it was. Today, as we honor fathers, we realize that in this whole matter of fatherhood, children are involved. Stories told of four men in the hospital waiting room because their wives were giving birth to their babies. A nurse comes out and goes up to one of the men waiting, and she says, Congratulations, you are now the father of twins. And he said, what a coincidence. I work for the Minnesota Twins. And then a nurse came out later and she approached one of the other fathers waiting and she said, congratulations, you're the proud father of triplets. Well, he says, that's odd. I work for the 3M company. A nurse comes in later and goes to the other man one of the other men in the waiting room, and she says, congratulations, your wife has given birth to quadruplets. And he says, wow, that's amazing. I work for the Four Seasons Hotel. The last father in the waiting room, he's waiting for the news, and he's anxiously pacing back and forth, and he's wringing his hands and moaning and groaning. And the other fathers ask, well, what's wrong with you? What's the matter? He cried, I work for 7-Up. <laughs> that could be a problem. And you know, you think the seniors, wow, they are wise. They were, one lady was sitting right down here at the table. She came up to me after and she says, could you imagine one of the fathers if he had worked for 10,000 villages? <laughs> I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, they're pretty special people. Okay, today, we're going to be continuing on what Pastor Randall has been doing over the past, ooh, since the beginning of May. And we're going to be emphasizing, have we got it, Rick? There we go. Emphasizing family matters because family matters. Let me repeat that. We're emphasizing family matters because Family matters. Now that one slide there, it says, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Looks like I got the best of both worlds. Oh, isn't that precious? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But I trust that is your statement this morning as well. Family it's so very important. Happy Father's Day. Today we honor all the fathers in our life. Did you know though, there's grandfathers, there's dads, there's new dads, there's stepdads, godfathers, adoptive dads, dads in heaven, dads in law, expecting dads, pet dads if you don't have kids and you got a pet, honorary dads, 
And we are realizing that there are so many categories where we could fit in. And so just to cover it all, we say, Happy Men's Day. Happy Men's Day. Let's say thank you to all these precious fathers and men today as we proceed through. Now, today, I thought it would be most important for us as we're talking about families, we're talking about fathers, mothers, all that kind of stuff, that we go right back to the beginning. And the reason I say that is because in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, let them rule over everything. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Or be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. It was a God's plan right from the beginning that a man and a woman were made and united by God's design and his purpose. A man and woman who possess the inborn potential to become a father and a mother. That's no small matter. There's the inborn potential to become a father and a mother when we have a man and a woman. It's no wonder the wedding day is of utmost importance as choices are declared and promises are made. For those of you who are married, let me remind you, before you were married, you choose your love. After you are married, you choose to love your choice. Before you're married, you choose your love. And after you're married, you choose to love your choice. That's why placing that ring on your partner's finger is meant to strengthen each of you because two are better than one. I'm going to ask if you would stand together with me and we're going to read that scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 as written here. Would you stand with me and stand with me please? Now, it says the value of a friend. We have a little stick in our kitchen and on it it says, it's great to be married to your best friend. I trust that's your experience as well. Let's read together. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
Thank you. You may be seated. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Back on July the 23rd, 1994, Dale and I had the privilege of being with our daughter Julie and her husband Jeff at their wedding. I was to prepare a wedding meditation for them that day because I was performing performing the marriage. There they are. (laughs) I was looking for you. That week prior to the wedding, I had no idea what to say. But I had an impression of this cord of three strands is not easily broken. I went home one of those days and I found a rope. And I discovered that I had an illustration here that I had not counted on. But it spoke volumes to me as I examined this rope. Not very often I get revelation, but that particular day I had a revelation that came to me and it was in four parts. And when I looked at this rope, it just looked like that to begin with. However, at the end, I noticed that it was frayed. Upon examining it further, I discovered that, lo and behold you, there were three strands. And when I examined this, I thought, because I had nothing else to do, I just thought I'm going to take it apart. And so I started counting. And lo and behold, you hear there are six. One, two, three, four, five, six strands that make up this one strand. And I thought, I wonder how many more? And so I unraveled these and I found out each one had 40 little strands of nylon. What I began to realize was that God's special plan was already developing in Julie and Jeff before that day arrived. You see, from the moment of their conception there was just a little bit of a strand, one of these of the 40. And as they began to grow and to mature, more strands were added until eventually 40, right up to 240. And as they stood there that day, Here was their strand, and here was the other strand, complete in in themselves. How special to know every one of us are definitely strong by ourselves. That's how God created you to be. Every one of you, as a partner, you are strong in yourself. 
because that's how God created you to be. But then the second revelation that came to me as I was looking at that was that two strands together would definitely strengthen their life even more and make that rope even stronger. Now at this point, I, it would seem that we're only talking about one strand representing Julie and one strand representing Jeff as they were coming together in marriage. But you see, the Lord began to show me something else. It wasn't so, and let me take you back a little bit. But what was happening prior to that wedding day? You see, back when Jeff and Julie didn't even know each other, they both got married to Jesus around four years of age. Did you know that in Romans chapter 7, verse 4, it says this in the Living Bible. Your husband, your master, used to be the Jewish law, but you died, as it were, with Christ on the cross, and since you are dead, you are no longer married to the law, and it has no more control over you. Then... You came back to life again when Jesus died and you are a new person. And now you are married, so to speak, to the one who rose from the dead so that you can produce good fruit, that is, good deeds for God. Question. Have you yet experienced Marriage to Jesus Christ. It is by your personal invitation. Did you know in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, it says, I am jealous for you, said Paul, with a godly, jealous, with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. It's no small matter. Who are you married to? There's only two persons it could be. Either the God of this world, who is the enemy, or the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. So I discovered that their personal invitation for Julie and Jeff to Jesus to come into their individual lives back then made each life stronger because they each became a cord of two strands back then, this one being Jesus and this one being Jeff or Julie. Revelation number three. Strands are not, these three strands are not easily broken. So preparing for their wedding day and for their married life together, they embraced Jesus as the common strand between them. And when they did that, on their wedding day, they became a cord of three strands, Jeff, Jesus, and Julie. I was so glad that they had the alliteration proper so it could be all three J's. Therefore, the Bible says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Let me just give a side note here. Perhaps today, you are 
too young to be married. Perhaps today you are single and satisfied. Perhaps you are single and looking. Perhaps you are separated and now you are alone. Perhaps you are divorced and now alone. Perhaps you are a widow or a widower and now you are alone. What I find of great comfort is that your personal strand plus Jesus' strand around you is the key to his abundant living in and through you. And that can't change. Thank you. With Jesus... One is a whole number. With Jesus, one is a whole number because it is intertwined and you are secure. Revelation number four, when the heat, I thought, I got to make sure this rope doesn't unravel, so I took a match. Actually, it was the blowtorch. <laughs> and I heated it. But when heat was applied to the rope, unraveling was permanently prevented. And I said to Julian Jack, when a difficult time arises in marriage, use it as a stepping stone and not a tombstone. Use the heated journey toward making up as an avenue to grow in love and prevent unraveling of the cord by blending the individual threads and cords permanently together. How do you do that? What do you do? You handle everything with love? Ask Jesus to wipe it from your mind. Whatever you do, don't carry grudges. Go on together, forgiven, in love, and willing always to forgive. Be quick to forgive, walking together with Jesus. Did you know that boundaries in marriage are so vitally important? They're not something to steal your joy. It's something to bless you with. They are for your good to promote freedom. And it's not to emphasize restrictions. You see, a boundary is meant to reveal When a trespasser is present on your property, when you may be trespassing on another property, when you are safe and secure on your own property, that's the value of marriage boundaries. So today, Don't forget the rope. Some of you perhaps are looking at a flaw. What you are experiencing. But I'll tell you folks, if you've got Jesus in the center and he is primary in your life, you will survive. And you will do more than survive. 
you will thrive. Now let's turn our attention to a key word, not just in marriage, but in life. And the reason I do this is because I realize that in a congregation like this this morning, not everyone is married or not everyone is whatever. But every one of you and I now fall into this category of what to do in life. What is an important word in our lives? And that is the word commitment. Doctors lesson Leslie Parrott said, commitment is the mortar that holds the stones of marriage in place. The most important thing a father can do for their children is to love their mother. And the most important thing I can do for our three children and our eight grandchildren is to love Dale with an active, never-ending commitment. But now what about us as individuals? Now I want to start to zero down into the nitty-gritty where every one of us are walking. Every one of us. So commitment is the mortar that holds the stones of your life together. But the problems I will encounter in my commitment will always be about I. Have you ever had trouble with I? If I could just eliminate me, I think life would be a lot better around me at times. And I think, I was going to say Dale thought the same, no. (laughs) How do we understand this important part dealing with I in this matter of commitment. Because we have grandchildren, the youngest being four years of age, I am still into Fisher-Price. You know what is so amazing that it doesn't matter what you look at, there can be illustrations that we want to talk about. Here's the center stem. Let's put up that next slide. Here's the center stem. With my lightning fast mind, I do believe I can figure out how to put this thing together. It took me a while, but I figured it out. And so we're going to use this stem representing I and this white base representing the foundation. Did you know that there is no other foundation other than that that is laid in Jesus Christ? Anyone who seeks to build their life on sand is foolish. But when you build your life on the rock, Jesus Christ, 
you're a wise person. And I'll tell you, some have gone so far as, yeah, I think that's a good thing. But you know what? Your intentions are really not very good. Is that really what you want? Is this really what you're after? Are you committed? That's the word, commitment. Are you committed to Jesus? Okay, if you are, then let's spend your life dialing it down until you are secure and solidly based on Jesus Christ. Then that's when this area here can be modified and strengthened and even it becomes more like Jesus. Jesus also said, without me, you can do nothing. Except you abide in the vine. You can't make it. But when you abide in the vine, that's when he can begin to develop in and through you all that he has intended for you because his desire is for you to become like him. In becoming like him, He always, always has a plan for your good and his glory. He never intends for you to do this alone. And if you try to do these things that I'm going to be talking about, such as the donuts that that represent icing, involvement, investment, interest, and integrity, if you try to do any of this on your own, you're not going to make it. Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But with me, you will start to put these donuts on here and you will become what God created, what Fisher Price Price created here to be a stocking toy that even a child could learn to put together. As we walk through these, first of all, I'm going to put on one. I think that's the right one. We're going to talk about integrity. Now, notice, oh, just go back to that last slide. You notice that I've got those listed icing, involvement, investment, interest, and integrity. Now, I'm going to start at the bottom because this is really one of the important ones the most important of these five that I'm talking about. And notice, integrity is the closest to Jesus, the foundation. Integrity is so key. You see, integrity is the glue that holds together our private world and public world. It keeps our actions and our words connected to the truth said Kurt DeHaan. Are you catching that? It's the glue that holds together our private world and public world. What is the private world? It consists of work, play, possessions, and acquaintances visible to some who do not know you, but mainly only known by yourself. This is your private world. It's the area where thoughts, choices, and values are born and nourished. Nobody else knows what goes on in your head except the Father. 
Not even Satan knows what's going on in your head until it comes out of your mouth. That's when the enemy first hears what you're thinking. Even though he's been dumping thoughts into your head, he doesn't know whether you've taken it until you speak it. When you speak it, he says, got him. No wonder we're supposed to be careful about our words and understand the power of our words. Integrity. It's so key. The public world consists of work and play, possessions and acquaintances visible to many, but at least to one other person besides yourself. You know the one closest to you, which could be your mate, would perhaps be the one that would notice first when something's out of order. How are your private worlds and public worlds? How are they? Are they equal? Or is there something that you're up to in private that hasn't yet fully affected your public world where somebody else knows what's going on? You see why I'm talking now? This isn't just about married people. This isn't just about a father. This is about every one of us. The I, firmly secure in Jesus, to become like Jesus, let's start with integrity. What does integrity look like? Integrity is demonstrated when I mean what I say. I live the way I say I believe. I do not pretend to be someone I am not. My motives are pure and unhidden. I am honest with God about the real me. I can be trusted to keep confidences. I do what I promise to do. I enjoy a close walk with God. I do not misrepresent facts. I never downgrade someone else. And I don't ask others to do things that I myself would not do. And if you don't think that's biblical, Proverbs 10, verse 9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes a crooked path will be found out. A man of integrity walks securely. It also says in Proverbs 11, verse 3, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their double dealing. Here's an example of integrity. A newspaper reported an unusual incident at a fast food restaurant. You see, the manager had put the day's cash in a paper bag for deposit that night. 
but an attendant, one of his employees, mistook it for an order, and he gave it to a couple at the drive through window. A short time later, when the man and woman opened the bag in a nearby park, they were shocked by its contents, and they immediately drove back to return it. But the manager had already reported a robbery. So police cars and the TV cameras were on the scene. Well, how relieved the manager was when he was to get the money back. He said to this couple, he said, Oh, you should be featured on the evening news for this publicity of this great thing that you've done. And the man says, Oh, please, no publicity, replied the man. She's not my wife. Wow. God help us. To be honest with another's money, but dishonest with another's spouse isn't being consistent. Moral soundness in one's whole character is called integrity. Number two, interest. Showing an interest in your spouse or your child or others. That's what we mean. You practice listening to what the other person is saying before forming your next words to share. You practice listening with your full attention. You practice asking questions in special one-on-one situations to dig down deeper through service talk. For example, with your child, what is the best part of your school day? What is the worst? Sometimes that takes a little bit to get out. Sometimes that also takes a little bit to get out when we get older too. Or to an older child, what type of boyfriend or girlfriend are you attracted to? Wow, there's a question. What do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Here's one for your spouse. Besides Jesus, of all the people you've studied in the Bible, who is the person you would most like to be like and why? Donut number two, number two. Donut number three. Investment. Uh, can we keep moving on? There we go. Investment. There we go. This is referring to spending your time, your energy, and your resources. Now, this is when we start to get personally watch out. It's my time. It's my energy, and it's my resources. But investment is the key to maintaining any relationship. Carelessness in this area can result in a trail of broken relationships. Now listen, I may have to put aside my own interests for a while, 
I may have to do things I'd rather not do. I may have to be loving when I don't feel like being loving. See, folks, it's not just about a father or a mother. This is about any one of us persons here in this room. I will have to keep my tongue under control. I will have to listen with attentive ears. I will have to humble myself and be accountable. Investment, another key ingredient for commitment. Here's a picture that might help you. Chuck Swindoll was at a Hallmark store with his son. He was looking for a card for his wife, for not for his wife, but for Chuck's wife. But his teenage son was there with him. And they went their separate ways in the store. And Chuck said, all of a sudden, his son came over to him and said, Dad, um, come and look at this poster. So he went over and they looked, and here was a picture of a boat on a small lake at dawn. The father in this picture, in this boat, was sitting at one end of the boat, and this guy's son was sitting at the other end of the boat, and they were both fishing. Both were smiling and obviously enjoying those leisure hours together, just fishing at the break of dawn on that quiet lake. Two words, two words were printed at the bottom of that picture. These two words, take time. Take time. But you see, investment involves spending your time, your energy, your resources, with somebody else who could be in need of your time, your energy, your resources. Here's another picture. Gordon MacDonald, an author that I've read, he shared this story about Boswell, a famous biographer. Now, I didn't know this man, but this is what George MacDonald said. Boswell himself often shared a special childhood memory of fishing with his father. And often he referred to the many matters that he and his dad talked about in the boat that day when they were fishing. And obviously, that special occasion was ingrained on his heart for life because he spoke so highly of it to many people. I remember the day my dad went fishing with me. This is how you would relate the story. Now, years later, years later, after both Boswell and his dad had passed away, someone came across the following entry in Boswell's father's journal for the day that Boswell spoke about this special day of fishing with his dad. This is what he had written in his diary that day. Gone fishing today with my son. 
a day wasted. Wow. Now, understand, he was clearly defining how he felt that day. But he did not allow how he felt that day to affect his son's day fishing with him. That's why involvement is sharing yourself with joy with another. Donut number four. Involving or involvement sharing myself with joy with one another. And number five, icing. The last one. And that's why we call it the, it's kind of the icing on the cake. Got the picture? This is the amazing delight of your children or your mate rising up and calling you blessed. Proverbs 31, 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. This is icing for fathers too. To have your family rise up and call you blessed. Boy, that's icing on the cake. But let me tell you that the ultimate icing is to hear the Lord say to me, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of your Lord. That's the icing that I'm looking for. So be sure throughout life that you please the judge and not the crowd. Not only is it important to cross the finish line, but it is also important how you run the race. Why do I know that? You just ask Ben Johnson who that amazing runner crossed many finish lines in first place. But one day, the judges ruled that he was wrong and how he ran the races because steroids were forbidden and he had his awards stripped from him. If you please the judge, it doesn't matter who you displease. If you displease the judge, it doesn't matter who you please. So let's go back to the beginning with the worship team. Please come forward. The center stem, the big eye, the foundation is Jesus Christ. Firmly secure. We have integrity, we have interest, we have investment, we have involvement, we have icing.
for without the eye securely fastened to the base, Jesus, all of these things will fall in disorder. And what a mess. What a mess that would make. And we got it in disarray and disorder. Where are you today? What's happening? Have you yet to make Jesus the Savior and Lord of your life? And you're choosing to firmly base your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Where are you with regard to integrity? What about your interests? What about your investments? What about your involvement? Oh, we all want the icing, but you need these first. And here comes the icing. And someday you're going to have the joy of being able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, this sounds like such a formidable task. Remember I read right at the beginning, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. He will come and save you. Say to those who are fearful hearted, do not be afraid. The Lord your God is strong with his mighty arms when you call on his name. Say to those who are broken hearted, don't lose your faith. The Lord your God is strong with his loving arms when you call on his name. Say to the weary one, your God will surely come. He will come and save you. So lift up your eyes to him. You will arise again. He will come and save you. And don't ever forget, where is your just a rope of two cords? Or have you chosen to make a rope of three cords because a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Father in heaven, I believe that by your spirit this morning you are bringing encouragement, direction, and most of all, you are letting us know you love us dearly and you have plans to have us not just survive, but to thrive. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.